Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is all about Windows Phone, our Insight podcast. I'm Ewan Spence in the hosting chair this week for show number two. If you're keeping track, yes, it's the fourth show, but we had two special episodes from Nokia World, so we're not actually counting them in the track numbers. Joining me, the team from the All About websites, to talk about the latest news uh, and articles and in-depth conclusions that we can draw from this week in the world of Windows Phone. First up, our webmaster, the man who's put all the code together and keeps us on the straight and narrow, it's Rafe Blanford. Hello, everybody. Having a fun week with Windows Phone, Rafe? I am having a very busy week, uh, lots to write about, and uh, I'm enjoying having some hands-on time with the Lumia 800. There we go. Second up in the chair, we have a man from one of England's wonderful tourist destinations, that is Hull. Um, Sitting there, having produced a deputy prime minister, having produced the offspring of John Betjeman, we now have the third greatest thing to come out from Hull ever, David Gilson. Hello, everybody, and I can't believe you forgot William Wilberforce. Oh, there we go, then. Now, is that the sort of thing I could look up on your Windows phone this week, David? Um, no, because my Windows phone is too slow. <gasps> oh, David, of course, uh, being from Holly, is our old curmudgeon thing, if you can think of someone that appeared in Ottoman animations. That's David. Um, also, we have the man who's forgotten more than uh, Rafe and myself and David have remembered about PDA smartphones and the world of portable digital computing. Steve Litchfield is our third guest. Hello, I hope the rest of the podcast lives up this intro, Ian. <laughs> I, I do as well. It's quite worrying. I'm jet-lagged from having taken the Lima to LA and back again in five days, but I got a bag of honey roast peanuts. Uh, I got a bottle of iron brew, and we're ready to go with the news from this week. And uh, let, let's talk about America very briefly for a second, actually. As I was flying home from Los Angeles and looked down over New York, I could see reaching up from the skyscrapery depth a huge Windows phone. It's part of uh, Microsoft's launch, relaunch, 17th launch, get America talking about Windows Phone. Uh, but it's actually, this is actually a bit rape. I'll come to you on this one. In terms of relaunching, this is a big thing. A 60-foot high Windows Phone in the middle of New York and lots of media attention. Yeah, absolutely. Big investment from Microsoft here to create the smartphone with the world's worst pixel density ever. But no, joking aside, this is sort of a really big push on the marketing and the publicity side. Everything that's uh, come in here, you know, no real surprises in terms of handsets. There were some uh, exclusive app announcements, but this is kind of the big push ready to have Windows Phone, the Mango version. So Windows Phone 7.5, you know, go live in the US. Uh, it's fair to say they didn't have this bigger boom when they actually first launched with windows phone 7.0 last year did they i don't know about that i think this time around they sort of had to hold an event in a party to try and get the level of excitement last time obviously it was the initial release of the platform so i think nearly everyone was going to look at it anyway but this is a way of kind of focusing minds particularly in the media who might not particularly always cover phones you know onto that this is a kind of a major milestone for microsoft's mobile ambitions and we've got a number of nice handsets as well. None of them new as such, but, you know, for people who like us who've been watching them intensely and watching all yeah. the press releases coming out. But the four handsets coming out are a nice range from two manufacturers. Steve, I know you've had experience with some of these handsets already and you've been keeping a close eye on the construction. What highlights do we have in terms of hardware? 
Well, I was counting up the number of launch. Maybe I'm looking at a different news story to you, but there's certainly the HTC Titan and Radar, which we've seen in the UK now for about a month or so. They've been kind of launched in, the, in America, I think, on AT&T. Um, basically, the a Titan is 4.7-inch Super LCD screen to put the, the, you know, the monster of the range. The Radar is very similar to the old HTC Mozart, which I know that uh, David's got, just with a perhaps slightly better build quality and obviously higher spec internals. And arguably a decent camera, despite the Mozart being a camera specialist device. There's also the Samsung Focus Flash, the main attraction, which is it's got Super AMOLED. So it's one of the, the, uh, the, the, the best screened Windows phone devices, and that's got a 4.3-inch display. So that looks particularly tasty. Which was the fourth one, Ewan? Uh, we had the Samsung Focus S and the Focus Flash. Which one were you going on with the screen? Oh, that was the Focus S. So I obviously need to add the Flash to my database. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. Basically, this is the slightly smaller Samsung handset aiming more into the mid-range. And again, it just looks very cute and stylish. Um, all, all of these handsets have got... It's, it's great that Windows Phone, everyone thinks, is so regimented. Um, you know, they've, they've all got different things going for them. I mean, the, the Titan is the obvious one. It's only like 4.7 inches on the screen. It's almost edge-to-edge on that one as well. Uh, looking wonderful and all of them all of them are getting a 25 dollar voucher in the box for you to spend on any application you like in the windows marketplace uh, and david we've always talked about in, in whole but applications are really important for any of the new ecosystems this is microsoft really saying guys not only other applications but you know there's there's enough out there you can spend more than 25 dollars on them uh, yeah, I I think that's one thing that Microsoft has done really well with on, on Windows Phone is um, getting the ecosystem built up to a degree that it has um, so far. And actually, I, mean, I saw Brandon Watson, who's kind of like in charge of a developer side of Windows Phone, talking at Nokia World, and, and he is really bullish about pushing this and pulling in as many people as he can. So, yeah, that, that's the side I think we are doing very well on. I think we should just point out for our European audience, this is kind of a big US event, and actually the launch is really about it becoming available on the US networks, particularly AT&T and the price points uh, that get talked about. It's sort of $50 up to $100 and $200 for the Focus S. Um, and it's because the US market's a bit different to Europe, where you know the operators are in even more control than they are in Europe, and particularly for those out in Asia where the operators are much weaker. It kind of, You get different market dynamics, which is why you get this kind of big launch event it is worth saying that there were a couple of exclusive app announcements we'll come back to these later i think spotify probably being the most exciting of these but uh, talking of big application launches this week or in this particular case uh, an xbox live game uh, kinetimals uh, kinetimals i can't pronounce that properly it's now arrived so uh, you and have you been playing with kittens on your windows phone I have, yes. Um, and, and let's be honest, this this in no way is trying to look a little bit like Nintendogs. Not at all. You would be a fool and a communist to think so. But essentially what we have here is you can raise your own, I know it says kittens, but it's tiger cubs and panthers and basically big cat feline animal uh, as cute little kittens and they can bounce around and play with the ball and play frisbee and at no point is there any option to maim a safari zookeeper uh, which I think is something missing in this one but this is again it's, it's a management sim essentially but it's a management sim with lovely graphics you know when you want to to stroke the tiger cup for example you can actually see the first start to move underneath you there's little sparkles to let you know what's going on and more importantly the, ki- the connection to Connectimals on Xbox 360. You know, not only can you unlock different kittens on different applications if you pair these up, but you can move toys between them. You can move the kittens themselves between them. And I think a lot of people who are used to seeing smartphones in isolation 
you know, when you go out there and you tell people on the street, by the way, this phone plays Xbox, you can get a game for $4, for dollars for Four, two two seventy nine uh, in sterling and it gets you 200 gamer points i mean that is a big thing for a lot of people so not only are we now seeing xbox live games we're seeing xbox live games that are connected to xbox slowly pulling people further and further into that microsoft ecosystem and i, I know people are going to go oh, we don't want closed systems and everything but a- xbox is a success story for microsoft and it's only right that they leverage it connectables manages to do that with something that really shows off the graphics as well i mean when, when you look at the graphics on this you realize you know where the cpu power where the gpu is going it is an impressive little bundle yeah i think it's a really impressive title in terms of the graphics the gameplay is a bit so so i think if you're a fan of these kind of titles it's great but i agree the ecosystem dimension of this you know it's not the first time we've seen this you know you get the poker chips in one of the other xbox games as well i'm sure we're going to be seeing more of this Uh, and it does provide quite a compelling experience the way it works by the way is you just hold up your phone to the uh, connect controller and it kind of reads it off the screen and does all the transfer automatically it all works really smoothly and i was quite impressed that said the game itself i've actually been doing a comparative review and i have to say a real live cat is uh, significantly better although i will say the uh, cat looked very unimpressed when i threw the ball across the room at it and was even less impressed when i got the skipping rope out and i'm not even going to talk about the collar because my hand is uh, still scarred from that particular experience so Fluffy, real animal, great, better company. Kinetimals, probably a bit safer. So, there we go. Uh, of course, it's not all about closed ecosystems. One of the things I remember watching way back at the start of the year was when the, the original Windows Phone handsets got uh, jailbroken and people could start running their own software code on them. At that point, I think most tech commentators would have expected Microsoft to immediately squelch down, stop it, lock them down, and start throwing in security things. In actual fact, uh, they hired the guys that were doing it. <laughs> um, and they're still working out independently. And this comes, leads me to Chevron, which has announced uh, their 7.5 Mango feature. Who wants to tell the world about Chevron? I'll jump in first. Um, well volunteered, David. That's what we like to see. That's what made Hull what the city that it is today. Oh, dear. <sighs> okay. Um, basically, if you want to sideload, um, say, homebrew app- applications, you can install Chevron onto your phone to get a developer unlock. To install it is actually free, but um, to get an unlock token costs you $9. So it will cost you to unlock the device. Um and then if you want, and then once you have unlocked it, and if you want to get um, like what we're affectionately calling homebrew applications, uh, but the easiest way to sideload the applications is to actually use the Microsoft Phone's developer tools, which are available for free. And I'm going to hand over to Rafe now because he's actually tried this, I think. Uh, yeah, I should just clarify, you need to download onto your PC for the kind of unlocking tool, but I'd certainly recommend, as David said there, downloading the Windows Developer Tools SDK because there's some extra bits in there and actually you need to bits of it to make sure everything will work. Really, this is just a way of unlocking your device in the same way that developers can unlock their devices if they're members of AppHub. But, uh, a membership to AppHub costs uh, $99 and is also a bit limited in the number of markets you can get. I think it's about 20 markets now, so some people can't unlock their devices that way. And obviously it's uh, much more affordable. I think it's also really important for hobbyist developers who want to test and run their code on their phone without having to go through a full marketplace uh, submission process. And I should just clarify the difference between that unlocked and a locked device is you can run unsigned code on the device. 
And the reason it might be unsigned is, well, essentially it hasn't gone through the Microsoft testing procedure that happens when it goes through Marketplace. That can be for a number of reasons. It might be it's a beta version. It might be that it's got something in it that would break the Marketplace guidelines. So it's some function that uh, Microsoft have said that's not allowed or for whatever reason it's not passed. So it's not necessarily a reflection on the quality of the software, but I would urge people to be very cautious about homebrew software simply because, you know, there isn't kind of the same implicit trust as there is with something going through the marketplace. Um, in one sense, I suppose you could com compare this to the kind of the wilds of the Android marketplace where things are also kind of sim uh, open in the sense there isn't the rigorous testing. And I probably say actually that even in the Windows Phone marketplace, there isn't exactly rigorous testing, but it's probably uh, a, a little safer than just stuff that's unsigned. So just be warned if you're thinking about running homebrew software on here. I would actually say that if you've got uh, no reason to do so, it's not really worth looking into. If you're a power user who's got an interest in this kind of thing, by all means do so. But for most people, it's probably uh, not necessary. I think the biggest interest group will really come from hobbyist developers who don't want to sign up for, for a full App Hub account, but still want to run their own code on their own device. In terms of the limitations, it is the same as a developer unlock. So you're limited to sideloading uh, 10 applications. Um, and so, yeah, it's good to see this come out and Chevron Labs have uh, put together a nice website. During the early stages, it was uh, a little unavailable as everyone was trying to unlock their device at the same time. But I understand things are now a lot smoother and there's uh, much less of a waiting time. And congratulations also to Microsoft who at least had the sensible decision to uh, at least, you know, not, not let them go wild with it, but at least let them get on with it and keep a close eye on the project so it's as safe as they can make it. In other words, it's just like how computers used to be 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, right then, uh, let's let's move on. I mean, the big news this week, of course, certainly around the All About offices, is, it, is that half of our team now have Nokia Lumia 800 handsets. Ooh. <laughs> mm. Any guesses who hasn't got one? Uh, I haven't got one. I need a... So um, I've had one over in LA. The video diaries have been up on the website. And Rafe has been taking a more forensic look uh, back in the office. Uh, and David and Steve have been basically in the background going, you should try that. I would have tried that. I would have written that first. Uh, but enough <laughs> of that. Rafe, in forensic detail, is this the first real Windows phone? I think that's a bit of a bold statement if you ask me. I think the way you summarise this hardware is that it's a fantastic design and it really stands out from everything else. And in that sense, yes, it is a really great Windows Phone device. And I would say it is the best Windows Phone device so far. If you look at the nitty gritty of the details of the specifications, it isn't at the top end. I mean, that goes to the Titan with its faster processor, a front facing camera and all those bits. But in terms of the complete package, Nokia has got a better solution here. So I think that's probably what Stephen Elock was trying to get at in his keynote. And I actually think making the packaging, the design, the kind of the feel of the in the hand is probably more important than any one technical specification. And so that's why I would sort of rate it as the best experience of a Windows phone device thus far, which is why I expect Nokia to do well with this handset. You have to throw in the caveat that it is not at the cutting edge in terms of hardware, although it's fair to say that all the Windows Phone devices are pretty similar, and that's obviously as a result of the chassis specification. So, it's, you know, it's amazing how we be, be led into a, a specs war on the smartphone marketplace over the last year or two. Um, 
partly because that's where Android has been fighting. I mean, and we're what, talking about a 1.4 gigahertz CPU, we're talking about GPU, we're talking about 512 meg RAM. I mean, we're talking about something that, you know, if you look, took all the specs of every mobile phone on the planet, is in the top one half of 1%, yet we're still going, it's a little bit under specs on the geeky tech blocks. Yeah, I mean, this is top top trumpitis as i refer to it as people people always want to have the fastest the whizziest the shiniest you know that's why they put go faster stripes on their car i'm surprised they don't do it on their phones but really it is you know i I kind of don't like the phrase total product experience but it is how it actually operates when you use it and you know there isn't the sort of lags or slowdown or pauses on this windows phone device and the lumia 800 i think is the one of the best in that regard it does have some extra speed over the generation one devices and mango's a, a big step up for performance as well so i actually think you know how people see the product they won't perceive it as something that's you know out of date and slow in terms of you know how it feels they'll think it's bang up to date and that's obviously helped with the kind of the freshness that windows phone has in terms of ui as well so You know, yes, I think people need to avoid just looking at the base specifications and, you know, knock it in the design. It really is a fabulous design. Um, It takes a lot to make a phone stand out in this kind of monoblock touch form factor. And Nokia really have done this with the kind of the polycarbonate casing that's machine. We've heard all about it and the, the curved glass and the way everything is fitted together seamlessly, you know, fantastic build quality. But more than anything else, it's just the fact that when you put it down on the desk somewhere or you down the pub people want to know what it is and it draws the eye like no other phone and i think the only thing you can really compare it to is in the public consciousness is really the way that a new iphone design has kind of got everyone talking about it and uh, i think nokia would do much the same with the lumia 800 despite the fact you know i'm sure some people will be going it hasn't got x y and z you know that's why it stands out for me um, and I think Nokia deserve a great deal of, of praise for doing that with their first Windows Phone device. And there's two things I want to point out. The first one is go and have a look at part three of the video diary I did. I, had, um, I got one of the early PR units to take over to uh, Blog World in LA, which meant I get to tr- got to try it out an 11-hour transatlantic flight, try it in a conference room, floor away from battery power while roaming, um, you know, really give it a good workout. But the, the, the public reaction from people who, who, who know phones but aren't necessarily hugely geeky um, – they just loved it. I mean, they look at it and just go, oh, that's nice. That's really nice. And that's before you've even turned it on. And the great thing here is when it's turned on, the experience is not diminished. It carries on. Admittedly, most people struggle to find the power button. Uh, they spend a couple of minutes looking around the device, not a couple of minutes, maybe about 10 seconds, looking around the device, trying to find a, a switch. But because there's nothing written on the outside of the device, bar Nokia on the front page, they need a little bit of a guidance. After that, it's fine. The decision that impresses me most about this, though, is the decision to put the rubber bumper case in the box. It does two things. One, it means that the rubber bumper case is almost as stylish as the phone itself because it fits these cushioned lines perfectly. It makes sure that you can still see the word Nokia on the back plate. And, and even with the rubber bumper case on, it still looks a pretty slick and nifty phone. But it also says to me that Nokia is saying the phone you have is valuable. It's valuable enough that we are going to give you a case to keep it precious. And I think that that perception 
is something that we've not seen for a long time, not just from Nokia, but from most of the big handset manufacturers, including Samsung, HTC, LG, and, and so on. And Steve, I know that you always take a, an intense interest in how these things are perceived, so we'll come to you in a second, but Rafe, is, yeah. was the bumper case was the right call, wasn't it? Yeah, I think for the so cost of probably a dollar or so, it makes sense to put it in the box. It just gives that feeling of... Uh, almost a premium feel and that's something that comes across in the whole phone i think is that nokia at nokia world said it screams premium i wouldn't necessarily go that far but it does feel like a a high quality premium object when you hold it in the hand i mean it's not to say there aren't some downsides on this design um it's easy to get carried away and just praise it because i mean as i say i do think it's one of the best designs we've seen come out of the mobile world in the last couple of years but I'll just pick up on two things. One is on the back, it's got the kind of surround of the camera. It's kind of a, a shiny silver metallic substance. And that's actually going to scratch and scuff, I think, more easily than the case itself, or at least in visible terms. And so that's where the wear and tear will show. And then on the front, it's the capacitive buttons. I've never been the biggest fan of capacitive buttons. I don't think they're quite as easy to use as real physical buttons. But, you know, capacitive buttons make sense when the design is sort of taking this reductionist approach. Uh, but it does feel like they weren't just quite as well considered as the rest of the design. And when you know about the uh, kind of the ancestry of this design with the N9 and things like that, it does kind of make sense. So I think there are improvements that could be made in kind of a second generation of this product. And maybe you could say the same about the buttons on the side. It's They don't feel quite as premium as the rest of it. But uh, overall, it is a, a fantastic piece of design. And I think it's going to make a lot of people very happy. Yeah, I did notice on some of the uh, prototype Luminar 800s at Nokia World, guys, that uh, the, as you say, the, 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 that the metallic back bit around and below the camera was really, really scuffed, as was the camera glass, so leading the impression that that is quite vulnerable. Also, chatting to people in phone shops over the last few weeks, um, they were talking about the Motorola Defy, which is another smartphone with the Gorilla Glass, and the number of people coming in with smashed screens. It's not because they've people have smashed the screens head-on, which the Gorilla Glass is very good at resisting. It's because they've dropped them and the phone's landed edge-on, which Gorilla Glass is not so good at um, resisting. And with the um, Lumia 800, as with the N9, we've got this sort of convex Gorilla Glass arrangement. And although it's resist- resistant to scratching, I bet it's fairly vulnerable to the smashes from the side. So having a, a rubber a slip case included in the box just to to, to hold the camera glass and the metallic bit away from the desk, to hold the, the glass away from the desk, to, to protect it if it drops onto its edge. I think it's an excellent idea and a very good move by Nokia. Yeah, I, I will say I asked the product manager about that specific problem because it's you know well known the uh, deformation when you drop it on the edge is often more extreme than sort of dropping it flat on a surface. He said, yes, you know, Nokia were aware that they had a lot of experience in it and they were confident that it was going to stand up to day-to-day knocks. And I kind of have to take Nokia's word for it because they've been very good in the past. It's not the first time they've used Gorilla Glass. Um, it is maybe a bit closer to the edge than some of them, but so far, so good. And I have accidentally, I should add, managed to drop this down a flight of stairs with absolutely no ill effects whatsoever. And I can certainly say, I think if I did that to some other devices, I probably wouldn't have been so lucky. Maybe I was lucky in the way it landed but i i do think this is going to stand up to everyday knocks and bumps uh, pretty well and i'm fairly destructive with the way i treat my phones um entirely accidentally um, but i will report back if uh, anything does happen have you given it the stream test yet ray i i've decided not to drop it in water as yet um, i haven't got a dog to trip over anymore which is what and, happened last time but uh, and that was a complete accident in the past wasn't it? it it was but sooner or later i have no doubt i will manage to immerse it in water somehow and i will let you know what happens I've got the rice standing by. 
Hey, there we go. Now, most people are going to come to this this phone fresh, having never experienced Windows before. Uh, and and th- that was certainly the case with the people that I showed it to at Blogworld. But there's going to be a large crowd of people who are soon to be thinking, you know, do I want to upgrade this from, from my other Windows Phone devices? Should I hold off? Should I just, you know, bite the bullet now and move up to it? David, your experience with the HTC Mozart, you've seen the Lumia, it's early at Knockworld, you've had a little bit of a hands-on. What's the opinion from, from the old hack, as it were? Well, I think the Lumia certainly looks a lot more classier. I mean, and, and certainly, if you were to put the Mozart and the Lumia together, this um, the Lumia, um, sorry, the Mozart screen couldn't hold a candle towards the, the Lumia's. The Lumia screen is beautiful. It, the, the black is so, so black, and, and the graphics are floating on the surface. That's brilliant. There's some things on the Mozart which I am concerned won't be any better on the Lumia, because I'm finding Mozart to be really slow for an operating system that's supposed to be online all the time. It is painfully slow to, for the People Hub to up, update to like manually synchronize my email and at the moment i'm holding it now and looking at it in the download section of the market and i have a couple of podcasts and an application that are, that are supposed to be downloading and i've been having to keep going and tapping them to kind of re- cajole them to start downloading again because they keep failing and it does this all the time so i just find it interminably slow and um and i'm also not very very impressed with battery life i mean i'm taking measurements every couple of hours every day at the moment because i'm going to do a review and on average through various different usage patterns i'm averaging out about 10 percent an hour on the battery life um and is it, it was interesting watching your videos in america Ewan, because i saw how people were impressed that they were seeing something different but i didn't see their fingers waggling away on the screen doing things so it looked like they were waiting for things to happen too I think at that point, part of it is because you've got the kinetic scroll and they're just looking through the applications and stuff. And when you watch the start screen, the live tiles, they are doing stuff. Uh, and that's what people are doing. It was like always like they were watching the rest of this information roll by. Uh, but obviously, once Rafe and I have had a decent amount of time, we'll have long-term stats on the batteries. My, my gut feel on the Lumia 800 so far is that it's better than something like the HTC Trophy that I've had experience with. It will do a working day and a little bit more, which works out to for me to be about 11 or 12 hours. It's, you know, doing simple maths at slightly less than 10% an hour. Um, but we'll see how that goes once we've got that in action and uh, have the gut feel on that one. So, uh, we're going to quickly uh, round up the show. What I want to do here is something that I'd love to be carrying on doing every week which is application picks basically each of us gets to choose one of the applications that we've been using either fresh out of the marketplace or one that we've had on the device that we think needs to be showcased a little bit more one each maybe about a minute tops to explain why and take some questions from the rest of the panel and move on from there our rafe you, you, you've already kind of mentioned the one you want to mention earlier, haven't uh, you? I have. I men- mentioned Spotify earlier. This gives another music solution on Windows Phone. For those that aren't familiar with Spotify, essentially it's a, a streaming music service whereby you can pick any music track and it will stream it to your phone. However, there are some added bonuses in that you can 
have uh, track lists and playlists and you can actually download those for offline usage. In order to do that you actually have to have a premium membership and actually that's true of any of the Spotify services on mobile. It started as desktop services and has been extended to mobile. The premium service costs uh, $9.99 a month in the UK and sort of similar price in, in the other markets. So it is quite an expensive option when you consider you can get something like the uh, Zoom Music service uh, for around the £80 mark. So it is, uh, I would say, more expensive than that. But a lot of people may already have a Spotify account because they use it either on their desktop or on another device. In this case, you know, they'll be very pleased to see this application. UI is nicely thought out. You know, it follows the Metro themes. There's plenty of swiping. It's nice and simple, easy to use. So, you know, uh, a thumbs up from me. And if you want to try it out, you'll be given a, a three-day premium trial um, before it sort of reverts back to free mode in which case you can kind of just look at your account settings and not really do anything on the mobile device. Okay, that's £80 a year for the Zoom Pass, not £80 a month compared to 9 a month, in case you've got the maths out very slowly. <laughs> £80 a month, yes, that's a good deal. Right, okay, Spotify from Rafe. Uh, Steve, what do we have from you? We have, this is something I, one of the very first applications I downloaded from the Windows Phone Marketplace, Infinite Flight, which is, as it sounds, a flight simulator. Um, and I've put a full review up on the site, so do go and look at my screenshots and also a brief video of taking off in a 747. Um, it's quite staggering, really, that we have a full, sort of almost commercial-grade flight simulator in, the, in a phone. Now, we've been used to this with X-Plane on the iPhone. I believe X-Plane's now made it to the Android as well. This is very much in the same vein. What's especially exciting is not the fact that it's better than those, which it's not yet, but the fact that it's really exciting to be in at the start of a project. So already it's great fun to fly around and take off, fiddle around with the options to view from external cams, try different planes. Almost every week, every fortnight, there are new planes to fiddle with, new options, new bugs fixed, and hopefully new areas going to be added. So having page or whatever it is three or four pounds to buy the application over the next few months and even years it's going to be expanding and expanding and expanding without you having to pay again it's just like being part of that community and watching the project grow so great little flight simulation game infinite flight it's not incredibly detailed as well you don't have fuel balancing or trim tabs or anything like that Thank but, goodness um, but it has that it's got it's found that lovely sweet spot of playability and yeah. simulation and i've got it in mind as well and, and what what i love about it is you can put all the navigation aids off you can leave just your speed and altitude up and you can fly a proper circuit by eye it, with, with some of the things even like you take a spitfire i mean you're doing a five mile circuit it's it's possible to eyeball the whole thing and bring it into landing and it feels just about right uh which i love in that one uh, yeah. David, let's let's take New Year. Slightly interesting choice, um, and kind of blurs the line but of what's an application, doesn't it? Yes, rather than an application, I'm actually suggesting a website this week. Um, we all completely rely on Google Reader for getting our our news in, and I've been trying a few Google Reader applications from the marketplace, and I've not been bowled over by any of them really. I mean, they're all very nice, like Metro UI eyes sort of things, but some of them are not using folders and some of them are missing other features that I personally use. However, Google's own mobile version of the Google Reader website has got everything and it'll be immediately updated as well. So if you go, if you open up Internet Explorer and go to google.com slash reader slash i um, and then tap on, tap the menu and scroll down to pin to start that'll add it as a live tile to your front page and uh, it's not going to get live updates but you but it's just like a bookmark on on your start menu and that gets all features and you can even share things to google plus circles now as as well so that gets my recommendation over most of the applications out there 
And, and of course, when you pin a web page to your start menu, you get a really funky looking live tile. Hmm. <laughs> there we go, because it's all about the looks. It's all about the, the, the ephemeral. It's all about the stuff at the top. There's no real content behind all. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. My application uh, is actually a bit of a memory and a bit of a useful thing as well. It's a part of the BBC's backstage project allowed, allowed coders access to some of the APIs and content for the BBC. Some of this is still ongoing. So I've actually got, it's a third-party application that puts the BBC Radio 4 as an application and also as a live tile on my phone. Click this, you get streaming HD radio um, either over Wi-Fi or over your 2.5-3G connection and you're listening to BBC Radio 4 wherever you are in the world. That's the key thing. iPlayer, if I was wanting to listen to, keeps me in the UK. This, I'm sitting uh, in the departures lounge uh, of Los Angeles Airport uh, two days ago. It's 6pm local time and I'm showing off Windows Phone and I suddenly realise what's happening on Radio 4 because it always happens at Radio 4 about that time. So I hit the icon and I got the lovely soothing tones of the shipping forecast followed by, <laughs> followed by and now Radio 4 will close for the evening and the national anthem. And I have to say, it has been one of the most powerful reactions I saw from any American looking at the phone. It's just like, oh, it puts you in touch with home. Oh, well, that's very that's so British, sad. isn't it? Oh, it's the national anthem. How wonderful. <laughs> I hope you stood up. Uh, I didn't stand up, no, because everybody else would have stood up and they would have went, oh, that's the Brits. We got rid of them 200 and odd years ago. And it would have been slightly awkward. But in, in terms of, of memories and getting access to things like Today Programme and um, all the great comedy programmes you have on at 6.30 and just a minute as well, uh, the BBC Radio 4 HD player. There's also versions for BBC 1, 2, 3 and 6 uh, as well, or you can wrap them all up in one. But Radio 4 is enough for me. So there we go. Hopefully that was all enough for you on today's all about windows phone insight podcast uh only remains for me to remind you where to find us throughout the rest of the week it's www.allaboutwindowsphone.com and our twitter account which rafe is aa underscore wp there we go and uh, we also have uh thanks to give out to our guests uh, so rafe blanford thanks everyone for listening david gilson thanks everyone for listening talk to you next time steve litchfield yes bye bye we'll catch you next week uh, and I, of course, I'm still you and Spence, host for this week, maybe host for next week as well. But no matter who is in the chair, who is guessing and who is contributing, we will be bringing you a snapshot of the Windows Phone world as we see it. For now, snapshot is over. It's time to recharge. <laughs>